0: very turbulent times uh, of um, uh, unrest. There were race riots in the school that I went to. I was in the minority. And uh, it just left, um, you know, I think back to those days, and we were told certain things. Um, Whether you're, whoever you are, whatever you are, you have to admire a man who, in the face of tremendous adversity, uh, stood up for what he thought it was right. Take the time out uh, to um, uh, listen to some of his sermons. Uh, you can probably find them on YouTube or one of those things. Because I think that you uh, will hear maybe a little bit more than just some of the rhetoric that was out there. But take the time out and um, I think you'll maybe uh, see him in a whole new light. I mean, he, everything was against him. Our government was against him. Uh, People of his own color were against him because they thought he was too much of a peacemaker. But he went ahead and marched on anyway and left uh, an indelible mark on our society. And that's why we celebrate him today. And so, yeah, put your hands together and... Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Turn to somebody and tell him, he started it. He started. Tell him he's going to finish it. The author and the finisher of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Jesus is both the author and the finisher. Of our faith. Now, I don't know about you, but I like to start projects, but I have to get somebody else to finish them. <laughs> I like to mess up the, the barn and get sawdust everywhere and so forth and so on, but I never seem to finish it. I'm always looking for someone else to do it. Thank God he started it and he is going to finish it. Will somebody say amen with me? Amen. I also say to you, uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church. He didn't say, I'm thinking about building it. He didn't say, I'm going to start it but not finish it. He said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades or the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I will build it. I will fortify it. I will establish it. And oh, by the way, it's my church. I remember years ago, you know, in every church there are things that happen. Some days they like you and some days they hate you. And it was just one of those uh, months where they just all kind of hated me. And people were leaving the church. And so uh, I was like having this talk with the Lord. And I was asking the Lord. I said, Lord, um... Uh, what are you doing to my church? He said, "Mm -hmm, excuse me? I said, what are you doing to my church? You know, I'm a nice guy, great preacher. All these people are like me. He said, hmm? I said, what are you doing to my church? Well, he answered me. And you know what he said? He said, I thought... It was my church. I was like. (laughs) We are the ecclesia. The church. Those that he has touched. Those who the gospel by the spirit of the living God was communicated to. And you've accepted Christ. You are his ecclesia. Turn to somebody. Yo, you look like ecclesia to me. I dare someone to name their next baby Ecclesia. You have? Ecclesia is the called out ones. That's what it really means. Those who have been called out. Those who have been called out of sin, those who have been called out of this crazy world, He is the one that called you out. I know you think you found Him, but He wasn't lost. You were the one that was lost. And He came looking for you. And He called you by name. Will somebody say amen? Amen. Now think about it. He called you out. And He's made you His own. And He's caused you to become part of His Church, but I want you to notice something about the Lord, He is a builder. He said, I will build my church. So He finishes what He starts, and He is a builder. Oh, something was always being built in the scriptures. Uh, by God God would oftentimes instruct the patriarchs of old that he wanted them to build this build an ark this way build an ark that way you know uh, Noah built an ark you remember remember that Noah built an ark there's a tabernacle that was built in the wilderness there was a tabernacle was called the tabernacle of David On and on and on and on through scriptures, God would speak to his children and say, I want you to build this. He was, many of the patriarchs, he said, I want you to build an altar. Abraham built an altar. Isaac built an altar. Jacob built an altar. All through the Old Testament, you find them building something. Now, that altar was a place of meeting. God said, I want you to do this, and I want you to do that, and I want you to put this sacrifice on it. I want you to put a fire under it, and this is how I want you to build it. I want you to build it because at that altar, I want to meet with you. Like, whoa, God wants to meet with me. Turn to him and tell him, God wants to meet with you. God's a builder. Now, I'm, I, I like building. I enjoy building. I, lo- I just like it. I, li- I love to watch other people work. Now, believe it or not, if you put a screwdriver in my hand, it doesn't work. I mean, it just doesn't work. You put a hammer in my hand, I end up hitting myself with it. But I can stand there and watch people, and I can give them instruction all day long. Yeah. As a matter of fact, they say to me, you must be a real builder. I'm like, well, kind of, sort of. You know, the kingdom of God is always moving forward. Say amen with me. Always going forward. Always moving ahead. This is what he said. He said, "If if you take your hand off of the plow, you're not fit for the kingdom. Keep your hand on the plow and keep going forward. I, someone say amen. amen. Brother Tucker, don't let him be the only amen Tucker, you're not going to be the only amen in this church. Everybody out amen for a moment, will you? Amen. I got something in my hand. Um, these are bullets from my father who was a chief of police and uh, I inherited his pistols. Now, I don't even know how to load the thing, but I just have bullets. And uh, Dan knew exactly what this was, what kind of pill- bullet and so forth and so on. It's got a flat, uh, it's flat. I don't know why, but um, I don't know how to do this. Just just, just, just take this and... and you go to the back and hand it, just look at it, just look at it, just look at it. You just look at it, pass it around, just pass it around. I know you've seen a bullet before. Uh, if you haven't seen a bullet, then let me tell you, it's not dangerous. You can handle it. You can look at it. It won't bite you. It's not going to explode in your hand. I know some of you are like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not putting that in my hand. No, just move it along. Just move it along. Just move it along. Yeah, Quickly, quickly, quickly. Don't lick it. Nothing like that. Uh, okay. It's just a bullet. It's a, it's, it's a bullet. And, and look at the back of it. See the back of it? Yeah. Okay, okay. Just move it around there. There you go. No licking it. That's a bullet. It's not dangerous. Right now, it's not going to hurt anybody. If you shoot it at something, you, I mean, if you if you just have it, it's not going to hurt anything. But there's a a, a a pin in the back of it. That round thing There's a firing pin, and that firing pin in your gun, you have a, a your gun, and it and it, it strikes that firing pin, and that firing pin. Uh, causes a spark and the spark uh, causes the um, what was that? Something just popped up on your phone. Give it to me I want to look at it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> then there's a spark and there's that explosion because there's gunpowder in and then that bullet takes flight It takes motion for that bullet to be dangerous. Turn to somebody and tell them motion. And the bullet, they have what they they call it velocity. Velocity is the speed at which the bullet moves. And let me just, I wrote this down. Listen to this. Scientists use the letter U. Uh, they use that to indicate matter which possesses stored energy. You. Turn to somebody, Tom. You. Not Y L U, but U. Something that possesses stored energy or potential energy. Now let me just say this to you. Stored energy is not energy exercised. It's just stored. In order for that energy to be exercised, there has to be some movement. You can have a rock in your backyard collecting moss, and it's just sitting there, a seven-pound rock, and it's just collecting moss. And it has stored energy if that energy is expressed if you move it. Tell you what, take that stone, that little rock, that 7 pounds rock, climb on the top of your roof, and drop it on your brand-new car. <laughs> then you will realize that it has energy. When you drop it, it'll do some real damage on your car. If, if it's not move, if there's no movement, if there's no motion... Uh, then it's just stored energy. I want to tell you something. We are a church on the move. That would be a good title. The church on the move. We are the church on the move. There's motion. Something is happening. Now, Now, velocity is speed, but velocity is just not speed. It's speed with direction. We are a church on the move. We've always been a church on the move. It's not about buildings, although I love to build. It's not about this and it's not about that. It's about lives. It's about people. It's about people who are broken. It's about people who are hungry. It's about people who are desperate. And we're on the move. We're always doing something to begin to, to, to solve some of the social ills in our community that Jesus might be lifted up. Come on, Amen. give the Lord some praise with me. We have a direction. Hallelujah. And God put these some of these things in my heart years ago. And, and it's we saw one miracle after the other miracle after the other miracle. But I'm here to tell you that we have not yet had the impact on this community that we are going to have. We are going to kick in the gates of hell. Come on, somebody, say amen with me. We are going to kick in the gates of hell and we're going to see more and more lives transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ and the Lordship of God Almighty and we're going to see transformation take place in our community. Okay, you're next. (laughs) Isaiah chapter 58. Is this not the fast that I've chosen? Listen to this. This is a description of the harvest church. you know what? There's a lady that came in the first service. I don't know if she's here the second service. I don't think so. And I was just drawn to go over and pray for her. And I did that. I didn't even catch her name. And she said she was at home. She's very desperate. She said, I was sitting at home. And I said, God, I need help. And you know what God told her? Go to the harvest. (laughs) And of all the people that were here, it was full. Out of all the people that were here, I was drawn to pray for her and she cried and she felt the touch of God. I thought, you know what? God knows our address. Hot diggity dog. God knows our address. He said, I got somebody who's in trouble, who's messed up and jacked up, and I'm going to send them over to the harvest because I'm going to touch that old preacher, and he's going to go over and pray for her, and she's going to weep and find my presence in that place. Come on, somebody, say amen. Now, I used to think that all of these things that are going on, I was so smart, you know, I did this. But I found out that God had a description in the bible in the book of isaiah of what the harvest is is this not the fast i have chosen to loose the bonds of wickedness to undo the heavy burdens to let the oppressed go free and that you break every yoke oh i feel like preaching Is is it not to share your bread with the hungry? We provide food for about 400 families a week. Put your hands together and give God some praise with me. And that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out. When you see the naked that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh. And then your light shall break forth like morning. And healing shall bring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. And the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Now listen, I want to tell you, I am not concerned about what the enemy is up to. I'm here to tell you, the glory of God has gone this church. Will someone say amen with me? And then you shall call, and the Lord will answer. And you shall cry, and he shall say, I am. Yeah. If you take away the yoke from in the midst, the pointing of the finger, and the speaking of wickedness, if you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness. Hang on now, don't get yeah. nervous. Ah, <laughs> uh, woo here we go and your darkness shall be as noonday and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought I'm going to go back to that and strengthen your bones and you shall be like a watered garden say that with me watered garden when you're from, from New York you say water water a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail Those from among you shall build the old waste places. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations, and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Another translation said, restorer of homes and make safe places for people to dwell. Oh, put your hands together and give God some praise. That is the harvest. That's what God has birthed in this place. Vernon Buchanan, he's a good man, good Republican fellow there. I like him. Vernon Buchanan, uh, the sheriff had a conversation with Vernon Buchanan. And prior to him having that conversation with Vernon Buchanan, he had, the sheriff, had a conversation with his deputies. And all of a sudden, the uh, crime rate on Martin Luther King declined. And he was asking his deputies, what's going on over there? How come the crime rate over there in that area on Martin Luther King, it, there was prostitution, there were shootings, there were drugs. It got to the place the police wouldn't even hardly go over there because it was so dangerous to go over there. There were children over there that was playing in, they were playing in open sewer. It was a terrible, awful place. People stealing electric from one another. It was just a terrible place. There was all this crime and all of these things. They, the police would go over there and kind of hide. And when someone left, then they'd pull them over for some reason only to find out they had drugs. And that's where they caught people with drugs. But it just never stopped. It, it just kept festering and getting worse and getting worse and getting worse. And so the sheriff realized that the crime had gone down. And what he did was he said, what's going on to his deputies? He said, well, the only thing I can tell you is this church bought this property and they're fixing it up and they're cleaning it up and they're putting real septic tanks in and there's no more sewage and the place, as a matter of fact, it's named Lee, helped us with that, Lee Weatherton. Oh, you can do better than that. That's all we know. The sheriff was so, draw, you know, just overwhelmed by the decline in crime over there, found out it was some church. He writes a letter to the Congress of the United States.
1: brother, oh, wow.
0: wow. mm-hmm. You gotta go backwards this time. He writes a letter to the Congress of the United States. I get a letter back from the Congress of the United States with this certificate that Vern Buchanan presented to me and Aaron, thanking us for reducing crime in Sarasota County. Come on and put your hands together and give God some praise. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Building a safe place for people to dwell in. All the while, I thought this was my vision, only to find out that God knew it and wrote it down here in Isaiah. All of these wonderful things that are happening. All of this, you know, all of these things. This is this thing that gets me right here in the middle of it. And the Lord, verse 11 will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought. Your light is shining. You're praying and God's answering. There's all of these wonderful things that are happening around you. And in the middle of it, there's a drought. Hmm? drought. Now I want to say this to you. We've had a little bit of a drought. We've done some wonderful things and are changing lives every single day. And we have tasted some bitter waters. And we've had a little bit of a drought. But I'm here to tell you That day is over. Come on, somebody. Put your hands together and give God some praise with me. I'm here to tell you that the rain is going to fall and the glory of God is coming on this place and the waters of heaven are coming upon this congregation and the thing that God has asked us to do, there's not going to be any more lack in this house. He said, I'm going to send you the water, and you're going to look like a well watered garden. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Turn to Simeon and tell him we are presence people. Yeah. I can't have church without the presence. I'm not smart enough to have all that. What is that liturgy, and I get confused. I preached at the Presbyterian Church several times on Siesta Key. I was lost as a as a bat at noonday. Wonderful people, Doctor. I can't remember her name. A wonderful lady. She's. Ret- semi-retired now but uh, sh- and so you sit up you sit down you turn to this song you do this you do that you go I'm like I can't do this this is like and one day I went there twice I preached there and she wasn't even in town and she had this older gentleman who was real old and kind of hard of hearing and, and he kind of led the service and I, 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 you talk about lost I was really lost <laughs> I, I'm not I can't do it Never been able to do it. I can't fit into that box. But I want to tell you something. I'm a pray, I am a presence holic. Hallelujah. Amen. I can't do church without the presence of God. I, come on, someone say amen. I, 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 I don't want to do church without the reign of God. I don't want to do church without the Lord watering the garden. Will somebody say hallelujah with me? hallelujah we are presence people we are dependent on the presence of almighty god this is not about man this is not about smarts this is not about you're a great orator or you know theology or you know this or you know that this is a house where the presence of god is valued (laughs) Hallelujah! And the cry of our heart is, Jesus, as we come together, let us feel Your glory, let us feel Your presence, Hallelujah! And do whatever You want to do with whoever You want to do it with. Yes. Yes. Even if they want to run around the church. Let me give you this I don't know why end up with me. What's that? Uh, look, Tucker, but with uh, your rap sheet, they—you—you sh- get busted. Don't be carrying that bullet.
1: but praise the Lord. I can't help it. This place, everything he said, everything he was saying, I'm sitting back there. See, I don't come here to entertain. I have to hear a word from the Lord. And that's my way of praising him. You don't have to praise him like I praise him. But I praise him because one night I was standing in an alley selling dope, and a brother brought a double-barreled shotgun on me. Now, I'm in this alley, oak trees, this big. <laughs> all of a sudden a whirlwind comes down the alley and the trees open up and the guy drops the gun and say, I don't know why I don't kill you. See that's why mm. I have to praise him. Amen. Yeah.
0: And when he got here, he found a safe place to dwell in called the Harvest House. Come on and give God some praise with me.
1: All that happened in Arcadia. Twenty years later, I go to Arcadia in the van to pick up two guys. I don't know if you know how you go in the port and the gates shut down.
0: No, we don't know much about the prison over there in Arcadia. (laughs)
1: And I started crying when I got out the van and the guard came around and he said, what's wrong brother? What's wrong? I said, sir, if I told you, you wouldn't understand. 20 years later, 20 years ago, I was in this place. The sheriff is the one that sent me to Sarasota. But I'm coming back 20 years later as an ordained pastor.
0: listen to me. The harvest had movement back then and we got movement now. We're not turning around. We're not going to stop. We're going to keep reaching out. We're going to keep loving. We're going to keep feeding. We're going to keep building. We're going to keep rebuilding for those who are broken and sin sick and need a place to rest their head. Come on. Give Jesus some praise with me. Hallelujah. Don't you love that, Tucker? (laughs) Nehemiah chapter 2. I'm going to just skip around here a little bit. Chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4. Then Judas said, The strength of the laborers is failing, and there is so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. They're building a wall. We've heard a little bit about building a wall, haven't we? <laughs> it worked. It got elected, so what do you know? I mean, come on. They're building this wall. Building a wall. the walls in Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar invaded Jerusalem. He burnt the city. The walls were down. The walls were broken. And so God raises up Nehemiah. And Nehemiah goes back. I think they were burned up for 400 years. And he goes back. Nebuchadnezzar was from Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar uh, took the Israelites that were there in Jerusalem at the time and he enslaved them. Some of them escaped and they were living actually outside of the burned city. But Nebuchadnezzar finds out about what's going on in Jerusalem And uh, he goes before the king uh, at this time. Nehemiah does. He goes before the king. And he asks permission to go back and rebuild the walls. So they go. He does. There's rubble everywhere. They're halfway up in the building process. And the laborers uh, get overwhelmed because all of the rubble. Listen to me. Listen to what I'm going to say. I don't care what you're building. You could be building a doghouse in your backyard. There's always going to be some rubble as a result of you building. I don't care. You could be building a multi-multi-million dollar house, but there's going to be some, in the process, there's going to be some garbage that has to be taken away. And they began to grow tired. They're rubble. You know, there are things that happen in life. And there were five, and I'm not going to go over them, but there were five enemies that stood in the way of them building the wall. One of them began to make fun of Nehemiah and those that were building. And you know what they said? They are feeble. They are weak. What do they think they're doing? What do they think they are? Who do they think they are? If a fox jumps on the wall that these feeble, weak people are building, it will collapse. And now, those who were working on the wall said, We can't handle all of this rubble. They mocked them. They mocked them. They said, You're weak. Who do you think you are? You know, a year ago, I almost died. It's affected me. I'm taller, I'm better looking. (laughs) I'm smarter than my wife. (laughs) (laughs) And I felt like, I think I've been listening to the wrong voice. my days are over I've struggled and I could just hear Sanballat and Tobiah those ones that came about Nehemiah and say you're feeble you're not going to do anything anymore Hallelujah. The water from heaven is flooding my garden. And the fruit in my life is going to live. And the things that God put in me are going to keep living. And I'm not going to look like an old dried up weed, mess of weeds. I'm going to look like a well-watered garden. Come on, someone say amen. I'm not relying on my ingenuity and my theological whatever. I'm relying on the spirit of almighty God. And I'm longing for God to fill me up and God to raise me up again because I plan on kicking the gates of hell in in this community and seeing lives changed and transformed. Will somebody say hallelujah with me? not going to stop. I thought I was going to stop, but I'm just going to get my second win, and I'm going to run around the church with Tucker next time. (laughs) 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 Why Why am I crying and preaching and crying? Isaiah chapter 55 simply says, everyone who is thirsty, let him come. Psalm 16 and verse 11. You will show me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In your presence, we are a presence people. Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10. At the end, it says, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. We are a presence people. Maybe you've started to build. Maybe you've started to build your family. Play that music. It makes them think they're going home because they're not. Maybe you're building a business that you can take care of your children, your family. Maybe you're rebuilding some relationships that have been broken. Rebuilding your life, your credit. Trying to build something for the sake of the kingdom of God. And you've been mocked. And your enemies just stood up against you. Well, who do you think you are? You're too old. You're too young. You're has-been. You got a rap sheet. You know, when I first laid uh, eyes on Tucker, he was in one room. I was in another room. We were having a meeting over there at the Harvest House. He had just gotten there. I looked out those double doors and I seen him. And they said, "Well, we're going to have this guy who's going to cook and help us here at the around the Harvest House." That was how many years ago, Tuck? 20 years ago. And I said, <laughs> is he from? Oh, I came from prison, drugs, this, that, that. I said, that guy is going to be one of our first staff members? That guy? But look what the Lord has done. Maybe you've been mocked. Maybe you've been sold. You'll never amount to anything. Nothing will ever happen. But we are a presence people. It's very simple. He that hunger and thirst shall be filled. I can't make it on my own. I can't do it on my own. I've tried that. It'll give you a heart attack. I'm tired of that. But his presence is going to strengthen each and every one of us. You're going to be the man that you're supposed to be. You're going to be the wife you're supposed to be. You're going to be the father and the mother that you're supposed to be because of his presence. You're not going to walk around with your head down making mistake after mistake. But because of his presence, we are a presence people as waters of life, sweet of you, honey. You're going to make it, man. You hear me? I don't care what they've said about you. Are you a husband and wife or boyfriend, girlfriend? Oh, you got a ring. That's it, brother. You hooked. (laughs) You Come here. Both of you. You're not a throwaway, man. No, you don't have to say you appreciate me saying that. That's God. God is telling you that. If, if that guy back there could be turned around and be blessed, have a wife, a home, credit, all of the things that other people God's going to do it for you you hear me? they may be saying things about you probably have said it for many years but forget it it's not about what they said it's about what God says about you he called you out He put his hand on your life. You hear me? Do you feel like I'm beating you up? Not at all. Not at all. And you. Can I tell you something? The tears are gonna be dried up. You know what's gonna happen? You're going to learn to laugh. It's been a long time since you knew what joy was. It's been a long time since you've been able to laugh. But Jesus is going to give you joy. In his presence, is fullness of joy. Stretch your hand out this way. Father, fill her up. Fill her up with your presence. Fill her up with your joy. Let her laugh again. Lord, she was a child. She laughed all the time. When she was a young child. Even people have said it to her. They've said, You used to laugh a lot. Why don't you laugh anymore? You were such a happy child because, but someone came and stole your childhood from you through abuse. Is that correct? Huh? move that chair will you? there's a healing that's going to take place on the inside of you that pain those memories they discarded you just treated you like Hamburger, flesh, just flesh. You were just flesh to them. But a miracle is going to take place. I don't know. No, I don't even know you. Who are you? My name is Barbara. Barbara. Barbara, will you do something for me? Am I telling you the truth? I am. This is what we're going to do, both of you. Come, come with me. Both of you, come. Come. Just come on. Just stop it. Knock it off. You're going to leave here and say he's the bossiest preacher I ever met in my life. God is for you and he's not against you. You hear me, buddy? What's your dream car? My dream car? Yeah. Dodge Challenger. That's your dream car? Dodge? Not a Ford or? An old one. Oh, Lord, pray for him right now. I want you all to applaud them in just a second. I want you to applaud them the way that Jesus in heaven is applauding them. You understand what I'm saying? So what they're going to do is they're going to just walk from there to there and back there. And you are going to stand on your feet right now. Everybody to their feet. Is everybody standing up? Any of those Harvest House guys sitting down? I'm looking for you, buddy. Stand up. <laughs> Start over here. There's a, there's a transformation that's going to happen. Something is going to happen. You hear me? You're going to see yourself different. There's a miracle that's going to happen on the inside of you. What's going to happen for you is something that therapists can't do, medication can't do, psychotherapy can't do. It's going to be a miracle. Ready? Now, you can hold hands. Yeah, I'm going to hold your Well, no, I, I'm not walking. You're walking. I. So you can hold hands, but I want you to take your other hand and put it up. Both of you ready? Are you ready? You're smiling already. What the heck's going on here? I want you to walk down there and just turn around and walk back and they're going to start clapping now. Thank you for your presence and your glory and your anointing to break every yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. Oh, made in the image and in the likeness of Almighty God.